this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Vizdira, Kit, and... Flick. <laughs> Last week, the party attempted to escape from their captivity in the Yuan-Ti city of Silfson by surprising and overwhelming the guards. It didn't go well. Apparently, at least some of the guards and servants have some magical mind control powers, and Kit and Bizdira were enchanted into surrendering before the escape got going. Shackled and chained to the walls of their cells, hope was running out amongst our adventurers. Before they could put together a plan for escape attempt number two, though, four guards came in, took Kit from her cell, and are now escorting her... somewhere. Where are they taking Kit? What's going to happen to Flick and Bizdira in the meantime? And am I ever going to give these poor players a tiny scrap of sunshine hope ever again? Nope. Probably not. But let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hi. Remember there was this one thing uh, called the rule of cool? Yes. Where's that gone? (laughs) Well, so far you all haven't come up with anything cool that would save your asses. We've. Uh. I came up. I rolled my hands in food. I gave you a roll for it. And I I rolled a 17. Their shackles. Metal shackles. The cool. The the rule of cool gave you advantage. Can Bizdira meditate to change the shape of her hands? (laughs) I think that's a higher level monk ability. Is that is that a monk thing? I think that should be a monk thing. (laughs) It sounds a lot like a druid thing, shape shifting. But I mean, for sure, I'm sure she can get the shackles away from like to the front of her body instead of behind her just because that's probably true that's probably true so i mean she's gonna do that i mean i'm trying to think i mean you're chained to the wall so like yes you could probably get your feet in front of you but you'd have this like awkward length of chain like connecting like between your legs and to the wall behind you at that point at least i'd have my hands in front of me actually no that's exactly what i want to do because i know what i want to do great uh make me an acrobatics check to start and then we'll uh see how that goes that oh, that is a 17. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, all right, so you managed to get it in the position that you want. No, I just have a really good dex bonus, I forgot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. So, um, so the uh, four guards, three of them are sort of two on either side of you, one behind you, and then the the sort of higher ranking one is in front of you, sort of leading the pack. The three guards the, that are behind him, the two on your sides and the one behind you, all have uh, swords out and sort of pointed at you and, and ready to skewer should you make a false move. Uh, but they start marching you out of the chamber. Uh, Kit, let's start with you. Is there anything in particular that you're doing? You going with them? Are you... What's the... What's the yeah, fuss? I mean, I don't want them to... Make me a shish kebab. I appreciate that. A shish kit bob. Yes. (laughs) Might be the episode title just so that listeners hear, see the title shish kit bob and are like, oh my God, she's dead. (laughs) They Um, brought her up on a spit. (laughs) This is not one of Bizdira's favorite types of kebabs. Just so you know, this is one that she hates. And she doesn't hate many. Uh, Okay. Um, So you're going with them, Kit. Yes, with my head held high, no oh, trace of the tears from five seconds before. <laughs> good for you, girl. Good for you. Bizdira is wiggling her way and, and contorting her way to get her manacles in front of her. How about you, Flick? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Flick's brain has been broken since last week. Give it's me a word so of inspiration. Oh my God. <laughs> I tried everything that I possibly can. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so they march Kit out of there, and uh, let's really quickly... So Flick is just sitting, shaking his head. Bizdira, you, you said you had a plan. So I did. Um, I'm kind of rethinking it because I didn't remember that the door was open. Well, they so they once Kit is out of there, they close the door behind them. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to start radiant uh, sunbolting the fuck out of where the chain is connected to the wall. <laughs> okay. All right. That'll take some time. But yes, yeah, so that is what you are working on. That is uh, what I'm while doing. While they march Kit out and Flick is just shaking his head for the next little while. Yeah, he's got a little frown on his face. Oh. Um, All right. But I mean, mm-hmm. I hear her doing that, right? Oh, probably. I No, he's defeated. That's what he is. Okay. All right. All right, so Kit, we're gonna we're gonna smash cut to you for a little while over here. So they march you out of the cell, and you get for the first time you get a full glimpse of sort of the room beyond that little door, or the the hallway, I should say, beyond that little door. The hallway goes about five feet, and then there's a little staircase that heads up. Looks like like a half staircase. Doesn't really go up a full story or anything, but it leads up onto a little landing in another hallway that curves to the right. You head down that hallway. You go through a series of doors. Eventually, you end up in what looks to you like an old sort of uh, sanctuary of a church or a chapel or something. You can see sort of the remains of an altar at one end of the room. Um, There certainly aren't any pews or seats anymore uh, because this place looks like... I mean, you can definitely see footprints where people have come and gone. But beyond sort of a room that people pass through, it doesn't look like it's been used Uh, for a very long time. Everything that you've seen up to here has been old cut stone, similar to the workmanship that you saw in the tomb where you guys were being kept. Uh, It definitely looks like it's been there a long time, and nothing that you've seen indicates that this area has been occupied uh, or used for anything in quite some time. If you remember, even your cells looked like they hadn't been used in a while as either tomb or cell. Uh, so this was clearly a, a lesser frequented part of whatever building it is that you're in. You then head into, through another sort of hidden door uh, that the leader just walks right up to in the wall. He slides a portion of the wall aside uh, on the wall that's opposite, on the opposite end of the room from the altar in that old chapel. And you walk into a sort of circular chamber, and you can see uh, on the south end of the chamber there's a little alcove with a pretty large, about 10-foot-tall statue that you can only sort of make out the the legs of. Uh, it looks like it was once finely crafted, but the years have not been kind to it. All throughout this whole area is just sort of a musty, dusty smell. There's a pool, or well, I should say, there's a cistern in the center of this room that looks like it once had held some sort of a pool, but only the faintest traces of moss and lichen and fungus are left on the inside of this thing. It provides a little bit of humidity to the room, but there's really just a tiny little puddle of water in the center of this probably 10-foot diameter uh, or 8-foot diameter cistern in the center of this room. On the north end of the room, the captain goes and once again sort of fiddles with the wall and slides open a secret door that leads up to a spiral staircase heading up. And you are, at this point, the staircase is only wide enough for one person at a time. So two of the guards are in front of you and two of the guards are behind you as they march you up these steps that clearly, again, have been here and are well, were well-made, well-worn at this point and have been here for some time. 
the musty, dusty, unused smell and the slight chill that you felt down below begin to sort of fade away as you ascend this spiral staircase for what seems like quite some time. And you eventually come out, you get to a door that the leader, that the the commander or lieutenant, whoever he is, opens up. That leads into what looks like a a sort of small-ish chamber that has uh, a couple of desks and some bunks. It looks like a sort of barracks for some of the guards. There are actually a couple of guards on two of the bunks uh, taking their rest. There is another sort of lieutenant in the same type of uniform as the one leading you, who is at one of the desks working on some paperwork or something. Um... All of these guards are the type of Yuan-Ti that have, uh, that are part snake, part human. Most of them are the snake-headed type with heads of various different colors of green, uh, dark green, some brown, uh, a few approaching black, but none quite a, a full solid black of snake, mottled snake skin. You're led through this chamber and out a door down a little hallway that sort of twists and turns a couple of times. You see a few uh, doors, a few other rooms uh, out of that guard's barracks, a few other doors leading off of this hallway. But eventually, you come out onto a much larger chamber. It's a pretty pretty big chamber. On the wall to your right is a set of beautifully carved double doors that sort of depict a, a forest scene. As far as you can tell at a quick glance, there aren't any real sort of snake themes. This definitely seems to be some sort of craftsmanship that has been here longer than the Yuan-Ti, or either that or they don't like to uh, see themselves in their own art. To your left is Uh, a huge set, double set of curving staircases that sort of flank this little alcove in the center of the room and head up to a balcony that rings three sides of this room. Sort of think, uh, what's the, Terra is the name of the plantation in Gone with the Wind, right? With that grand staircase at the entrance. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. In between the two staircases in the alcove is a statue, um, the body of which is absolutely exquisitely carved uh, into the shape of a minimally dressed, uh, the minimally dressed figure of a sort of full-bodied, healthy, uh, human-looking male, a genuinely beautiful piece of art. Until you sort of follow the statue up, and somewhere just below the neck, the the statue has been less than artfully shattered, uh, and much cruder stone, a much cruder stone carving of a snake head has been attached to this statue. Very clearly, two separate, uh, we'll call them both artists, I suppose, are responsible for the two distinct parts of this statue. The air up here is somewhat uh, warmer and a little bit more humid, similar to what you were feeling out in the swamps, although being inside, it's not quite as hot, obviously. At the balcony, at the top of the staircase, you can just make out, sort of set back from the balcony, just enough that you can only see the very top of it, looks like the the top of the back of a large, dark wooden chair, or or probably more accurately, throne. It's very ornate, ornately carved, and it looks like there might be somebody sitting in it, but from your vantage point at the bottom of the stairs, you can't quite make them out. The guards, you see a couple of other doors in the room leading elsewhere. The guards sort of shove you to the center of the chamber, uh, a little ways back from the statue, and force you down to your knees. 
and a figure from that chair that you can just barely make out the top of stands and steps forward. And it is the first thing that strikes you is that you didn't know that snakes could look old. But this snake looks old. It's a Yuan-Ti, much like many of the guards that you've seen, sort of snake uh, from, like, the collarbone up, otherwise uh, humanoid-looking body. But the eyes are uh, not blind with cataracts, but definitely sort of roomy and slightly cloudy. Uh, There are little patches where certain of the scales seem to be lighter in color, like as if they're being bleached out. Uh, He steps forward and places his hands on the railing of the balcony, and they're human hands, but you can see that they're wrinkled and old and somewhat knobby. He wears around his neck an unmistakable shape, a pendant of an unmistakable shape, uh, which I'm sure I don't need to tell you uh, what it looks like. It's a heart. It's a, that's, how did you know? And then you get I it, just, and you I get to add knew. an extra heart to your health bar. Um, uh, and he's wearing sort of a royal blue set of robes done up with gold embroidery, immaculately cleaned and pressed, belted, and in his belt are a few little, or on his belt rather, are hung a, a few small pouches. Uh, but he steps forward and you just feel the weight of his personality immediately. Uh, and I do need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, that's going to be a 23. Fantastic. So you absolutely feel the force of his personality. And, you know, when you cast something like Charm Person, there, you, you know, you have, to, you have to speak the words to connect yourself with nature. There's a certain thing that you have to do with your staff, a sort of pass that you have to make with your staff. This almost feels similar to the effects of what happened when you cast that spell, but it just seems to come from him almost naturally. Uh, but though you feel it weighing on your mind and you definitely feel an inclination towards this individual, you aren't sort of compelled the way a charmed person normally normally would be. Uh, but he sort of watches you for any sign, just, just to, to gauge your reaction to his presence. Um, I am going to look him in the eye. And, he... and I will do, a, I'll do, I'll do an incline of my head, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll look at him. Okay. All right. I like it. He, uh, he, uh, when you sort of stare at him, he looks somewhat taken aback and then you sort of bow your head a little bit and he sort of, for the moment at least seems, seems mollified. And, uh, his voice is, I'm going to try and do it. I haven't had to do a proper voice in a while, so I'm going to try and do it. But it is, uh, it is sibilant like so many of the Yuanti that you've heard speak the common tongue has been, but, but there is, it is extra sort of papery and light with age. But even even his voice, even though his voice is old, you you again continue to feel that weight of personality, that charisma, that force of enchanting sort of being about him as he speaks to you. And he says, you, my dear, and your friends are very, very interesting. Do we remember what what the name what they call him um yeah i mean it was really it wasn't so much so long ago for kit though it has been a while for you uh yes. so they uh the orc that you um viciously I, murdered uh named him the mage ascendant great that i viciously murdered fair they stood by and watched and helped me bury fair um, yes uh she called him the mage ascendant i will say Uh, (laughs) that's i'll say (laughs) i'll say um we are glad to be of interest 
And we do profusely apologize for any uh, destruction or any <laughs> problems we may have caused. We just wanted an audience with you, Mage Ascendant, and I will again incline my head. Uh, he looks a little surprised that you knew his title, but he, uh, he nods and he says, It is well that you wish an audience with me, as I have come to desire an audience with you as well. I have questions. Hair flip. <laughs> I hate this voice. It just like rubs me the wrong way. It's like super pervy with like, oh, I can just no. like feel it down my back of my neck and I'm like, oh, please don't, don't, don't whisper in my ear. No, I, I, I hate this. <laughs> he says, uh, you and your companions come to us bearing many powerful, and his eyes sort of light up with enthusiasm as he says this, powerful items, the likes of which, for some, I have never seen before. Many mysteries do they hold for me, and I think perhaps that if we work together, we may be able to unlock them all. My companions and I are indeed in possession of some very interesting magical items, and we, my companions and I, would be very interested to continue this conversation with you. However, we are a group, and as honored as I am to be here, and I am happy to continue to discuss if we are going to explore the mysteries of these items, I you... It will be to everyone's benefit for my companions and I to all be united. He uh, sort of considers that for a moment. And uh, from somewhere further back on the balcony where you hadn't seen them before, um, another guard, uh, Yuan T, sort of steps forward. And this one sort of very clearly is is a captain of some sorts. If you thought the, the guy that was higher ranked before was in charge, this guy is clearly in charge of everybody. And he steps forward and whispers something uh, to the mage ascendant who turns back to him and they have sort of a very brief back and forth uh, and the captain of the guard sort of nods and waves a hand and another sort of <laughs> I don't know, regular regular rank guard comes forward from back of the balcony, uh, speaks with him for a moment and heads down the stairs and out the door that you were brought in from. So your four guards are still there, as is the captain, but a, a sixth guard at this point has been dispatched back in the direction that you came. Uh, and the mage says, uh, of course, the three of your knowledges, to knowledges, the, the combined <laughs> might of your three knowledges, damn it, <laughs> is sure to be more valuable than one alone. In the meantime, though, what can you tell me about this. And he holds, he reaches down next to the throne, and he holds up the shimmer scale. No, 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 no. And in that moment, we are going to uh, crossfade back to the cells, and back to Flick mm -hmm. and Bizdira. Now, Bizdira, yeah, you had something, Bizdira, that you wanted so, to check in okay. about? Okay, so I just wanted to, uh, I remembered something, and I wanted to just make sure that Kit remembers this, that they are always fearful and protective over their things being stolen so I almost feel like that's something that we can kind of use against them about them taking our stuff um, 
I don't know, but that's it's a thought. That's that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. All right. So uh, noted. Yeah. Good reminder. Like and and we fade back into the cells uh, where Bizdira is just at this point sort of exhausted, just blasting over and over into the do- no the chains. That what were you blasting? I've forgotten. The, already. Where the chain was connected to the wall. Ah yes. So I think that was uh, a while that it took. And even if you missed, you know, half the time because it's awkward to get over there, um, I think you could have probably at this point successfully at, at least blasted through enough to weaken it so that you can try and sort of break it free. Why don't you make me an athletics check uh, with advantage at this point, since you've since you've done a bit of work with your radiant sunbolts. Um, are you sure that won't be a acrobatics check? Uh, y- yes. Okay. <laughs> Unless you can explain to me how the acrobatics are a part of it. I tried to backflip and pull the chains at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get on your athletics check? 11. <laughs> okay. So it's sort of going, uh, and it's definitely loosening, but it's going to take a little bit longer. And uh, at this point, uh, Flick, was there anything else, or were you just still defeated over there? No, defeated. Okay. So at this point, you hear footsteps uh, approaching the area where your cells are. So you may have one more chance, Bizdira, to, to rip it free from the wall before uh, somebody comes in from, from gauging the sound. So go ahead and make the check one more time. This is with advantage, yeah? Yes. Natural 20. That looks like a natural 20 dance. That is a natural 20 dance. Okay, so as the door sort of begins to open, Bizdira, you manage to yank and the chain, the link of the chain that's connected to the the spike in the wall snaps open and your chains are are free. Now, you're still manacled, but you're not attached to the wall anymore at this point. I kind of imagine the scene that they're walking into is like they walk in and suddenly they see me like just like pull the chain out of the wall and fall backwards and I'm just going to smile. Okay, great. Uh, so yes, I love that. Collaborative storytelling. And so that kind happens. of wave. And be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, and these are both, these are both sort of peon low rank regular guards. And one of them is one of the ones that uh, came in when you broke out. And he just, like, he stops dead in his tracks seeing you over there and just, like, sighs. <sighs>, <sighs> uh, I, I know that there's a song that's in my head right now and I can't pull it out that I just want to, like, <laughs> sing at them about, like, can't keep me down or some shit. But uh, okay. Or can't keep me chained. I don't know. Anyway, I could be making up a song. Anyway. Chains. That's what I'm... My baby's go. got me locked up in chains. That's what that's what kids are uh, flick singing. <laughs> See, okay. See, you all don't even know your own names. I no yeah. longer feel at all bad. <laughs> it's all your fault. It's all. Your oh. Fault. Um. <laughs> but yeah. So. Uh, okay. She's just gonna kind of like rattle her chain, <sighs> do a little dance. Jesus. All right. Make a little love. So, get down tonight. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Uh, so, we've gotten to that point, y'all. Okay. The other guard sort of looks also surprised, although he's the one from upstairs, so he he's not he hasn't had experience with you crazy people yeah. at this point. Uh, so he just sort of shakes his head and walks over to Flick's cell uh, and sort of gestures uh, for you to sort of go to the end of the chain towards the back of the cell as far as you can. Then they unlock your cell door, uh, disattach your manacles from the wall, and begin to march you out of the cell as well. All right. All right. Uh, Bizdira, anything? I assume that you're not resisting defeated Flick. No. Okay. Uh, Bizdira, anything while they march Flick out? Uh, I will say in Celestial to Flick, fight the good fight. 
<laughs> Don't let the man get you down. Um, You're welcome, As you say world. that, Vizdira, the guard from upstairs uh, sort of passes your cell and, like, bangs on the bars. So while you're talking, like, bangs on the bars with the scabbard, with the the hilt of his sword. And I growl right back to him, like, at the, <laughs> that, at the gate, like, <laughs> Great. Great. All right. Just like that. So, Flick, they begin to march you uh, through the same path that I described when they were taking Flick upstairs, uh, Kit upstairs. Mother of God. <laughs> All right, Bob, Joe, and Sally. Joe, <laughs> Jay, Oaks. Was Phil. Phil and Brenda. Where's Brenda? And we Jan. Need... Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That, that was right. the, that's that's Mira's other name. But wait, Phil, Brenda, and, and what was it? Jan. 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 Okay, so those are all sufficiently not letter yeah, repetitive. That... Technically, it was Mira, but we liked Brenda better. <laughs> yeah, but I like Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fine, I'll be Brenda. I feel like I should have one of those, like, uh, Bobs with the blonde highlights, and I should be asking oh, for a manager right now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. So while they are marching, Flick upstairs will head back to Kit and the Mage Ascendant. He is holding up the Shimmer Scale and has just asked what you know about it. Um. So I'm going to do a quick mental recap of the conversation that we had when we were trying to get into the city, honestly, which was. <laughs> that we were going to tell the truth and be honest. Um, and so while I'm not going to tell him everything about the Shimmer Scale, I I am going to tell him a little bit about it um, and say that um, this that is an artifact. It does not belong to me. It belongs to my companion. We call it the Shimmer Scale, and it has uh, many properties that we have not yet discovered. Um, although... One of the properties is that my companion can know where it is at any given time, uh, and that, and that—that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Keep it simple. Uh, as you describe that particular ability of the Shimmer Scale, he sort of nods, almost as if he expected it. Like that doesn't seem to surprise him at all. Mm-hmm. And then he—he he sort of he waves his hand as though you know, yes, 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 and he says, yes, of course, but but tell me, how do you access its powers, or how does your companion access its powers? And I will say, I I don't actually know. I was not. I was not with him at the time that he gained that access, so unfortunately that I wish that I could have more answers, but it's simply not knowledge that I have. Uh, make me an insight check, Kit. Ooh. Um, now the good rolls come out. I know, exactly. Well, let's be honest. It's also needed right now. That's a 22. <laughs> okay, so he looks frustrated and not angry at you, but just angry about the situation. So he sort of uh, almost start with startling irreverence, uh, tosses the shimmer scale onto the throne behind him and reaches oh. down and picks up the uh, fire shield. And he says, and this, tell me about this. Who does this belong to? And I will say that belongs to our companion who is currently on a different mission. Uh, we ha- unfortunately had to separate from her. I am merely holding it for her at this moment, but it that, again, belongs to one of my companions. And you don't know how she accesses its power. I do not know how she accesses it. Deception? <laughs> well, I don't know how Bria accesses it. I don't know if she can still access it right now. <laughs> it's a valid point. Deception with advantage. I'll take that. Deception with advantage. All right. Uh, 17. Uh, his eyes sort of narrow at you. 
and he says, I think, little shapeshifter, you are not being entirely frank with the mage ascendant. Ball? (laughs) (laughs) You hear from several rooms over and down the stairs. Go ahead and uh, he looks he looks pissed, uh, frustrated and pissed. And again, like the, the anger is a little bit now directed at you, but but not entirely. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, is he going to do something? Because if not, I have a response that's like kind of going to be sassy. But I, I have a I have something to say. If go ahead and he... say it because he is going to do something. But you can you can okay. say it. Well, I'll say I only said that I don't know how she accesses it. But I also must say <laughs> that as angry as your kind gets when people try to steal their magic items, uh. my kind is equally irritated. He uh, he is, like, there were a lot of little barbs in there, and he sort of is a little shocked at it all. And uh, and he makes this strange sound that you, you eventually realize is, is sort of a soft chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Quick-witted and sharp-tongued. I appreciate that. But now you shall tell me, how do you access this power? Tell me. Make a wisdom save. Mm. Ah. I'm going to use my inspiration. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, God. But which die? They've all been so terrible today. (laughs) That's not true. Some of them have gone quite well lately. No, it's the same one. And I just rolled badly on that one. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Uh, a 16. Mm. Okay, so tell him. All right, I'll tell him that you have to attune to it. <laughs> and I'll explain how to do that, because I'm sure that Kit remembers. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's it's essentially you just have to meditate with it. The, the difference for that item is that it takes a really like a full a full day. It takes eight hours to, to really become one with the item. And as you're explaining it, he is clearly impatient. Uh, also, the compulsion in your brain, that force of personality that he pushed at you, as soon as you finish explaining it, it lifts and goes away. And he um, he sort of looks impatient while you're explaining it. And he says, yes, 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 I know all of that. I tried all of that. Why doesn't it work? And he throws the shield on top of the shimmer scale, on top of the throne, and is clearly quite incensed. Oh, I'll say, it didn't work? (laughs) And he sort of glares at you. He looks down and glares at you. And he says... Yeah, go ahead. That's okay. Um, Did you have any other magic items on you? I had... You had that that scroll. Right. Um, I think that might have been it, though, because I didn't have... Well, I had potions. I had my potion of growth... Right. Um, yeah, he's I not had... so he's not so interested in the potions. Okay. Um, yeah. So he is going to. Uh, at this point, he's frustrated, and he's going to. Uh, so you said it didn't work, and he says, uh, "No, it didn't. I did as you said, and as I did when." And he sort of touches the amulet around his neck when I first encountered this, and yet I cannot feel the connection. And he sort of, he looks to the guards around you and sort of shakes his head, and they begin to sort of tow you away at this point. 
Where am I? Where am I? Uh, so you, at this point, are coming... So you've just passed through the uh, the guard barracks, and you're heading down the hallway that leads from the guard barracks to the uh, to this audience chamber, throne room, whatever the hell it is that uh, that Kit is currently in. Um, I'll say, oh god, I really don't want to go back to the dungeon. <laughs> I'm going to say, wait, allow my companion and I... Al- allow us to explore this mystery with you. There is a larger, darker force on this island, and I wonder if that might be the problem. Make a persuasion check for me. It's only a nine. Um, he, okay, so he says, uh, he sort of, he does hold up a hand to stop the guards while you're speaking, uh, but he says, uh, perhaps, perhaps, he says, I will speak with your companions alone, and if they cannot solve the problem, perhaps the three of you together will be able to no sense tempting fate, however. And then he sort of jerks his head again, and the guards continue to drag you from the room. So at this point, uh, Flick, you see that door a little ways ahead of you in the hallway that you, the player, but not you, the character, know leads into this chamber. You see it sort of fly open, and Flick is being sort of led through Kit. down the hallway. Kit, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> The druid is being led, Jan is being led down the hallway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll wave at Jan. (laughs) Um, Do I see Flick? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to, in Celestial, say he has the shimmer scale. He has the fire shield. He's tried to attune with them. It doesn't work. He wants to know why it doesn't work. So that's about as far as you get. And the two, your, your guards like yank your chains and pull you off of your, not quite off of your feet, but clearly they're not thrilled about the, the, the chatty. Uh, so they yank you down a little more hurriedly and past Flick and into the uh, guard barracks. Flick, you see Kit yanked down the hallway and back in the direction that you just came from behind you. You are yanked forward into the audience chamber, forced to kneel. The mage ascendant is already there, sort of, uh, you know, white-knuckling the balcony railing, standing, and he sees you come in and sort of nods and mutters to himself in a language that you don't understand as the guards force you to your knees. Uh, And you, too, feel this overwhelming presence from him, so I do need you to start out by making me a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) Ha-ha, that's a natty 20, y'all. All right, so you, like Kit, feel this force of personality you feel this inclination to trust and and like and whatever him um but it doesn't compel you in any meaningful way cool and so the mage looks to you and says perhaps you will be able to answer questions that your friend was not i guess we'll see what type of questions they are and he he has turned at that point as you say that uh to grab the artifacts uh and he's barely paying attention to you at this point he's so frustrated and so angry about the situation and he holds up both of them this time the shimmer scale and the fire shield and he says tell me what you know of these uh flick will uh he'll ask can you be a little bit more specific he says, tell me why I cannot... Oh, he doesn't use the word attune, because that's a game turn. So what does he say? Tell me why I cannot access their power. Your guess is as good as mine. What information did you gather from my companion? He says nothing of use. And he... What does he, what does he do? Ooh, I know what he does. Uh, make another wisdom saving throw for me. Gah! That is a... Uh-oh. Oh, a 19. Oh. What were you gooing about? I forgot how high my wisdom say was. 
<laughs> okay, but even with that, you should have rolled. You rolled like a fourteen. That yeah, but bad. I thought it was like I thought that was like gonna be, be like on the cusp. Oh, I see. All right. Uh, okay, so you feel a sort of a presence in your mind, uh, and it's just sort of skirting around the surface, uh, and you can feel it sort of sifting through your surface thoughts, uh, and it tries to probe deeper and get at some of your memories, but you're able to sort of throw up a mental wall and keep it from going any deeper. It is definitely there. You're definitely aware of it. It's definitely getting the things that you're sort of thinking of in the immediate term. Um, so he is definitely reading your mind, but he can't get much deeper than sort of your surface thoughts at this point. You're able to rebuff him. Does he say anything to me at that point? Uh, no, he's, he's at the, for at least a couple of seconds, he's just sort of concentrating on you and trying to read what's going on up there. Um, I think Flick is going to say at this point, oof, desperation's a little unattractive, don't you think? Oh, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. Let's Gosh. just go ahead and check his spell list real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he his mouth sort of tightens and his eyes like crinkle at the edges, um, but he continues to sift through your thoughts and, and ultimately, and you know this because they're your thoughts, ultimately what he's going to find is that you, you really don't have any idea. I mean, you don't know any, yeah. you know what it can do. And he probably picks up a little bit more about both items that you just can't help but think about because you see them and you're worried about them and they're on your mind anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But you honestly don't know, have no idea why he wouldn't be able to attuned to them, especially if he seems to have already attuned to the the one that he's got around his neck. Yeah, definitely. Um, like that's I'm telling the truth. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so he, he takes a minute to just to reassure himself of that. Uh, do I have a moment or no? Uh, you have a very brief moment, sure. Before you do anything we both might regret. Um, regret? Regret? Regret. Regret? 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 There you go. <laughs> what? You said regret the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and we were making fun of you. Oh, oh, I okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, before we do anything, before you do anything that we might regret. Um, you. <laughs> do 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 do. Quickly, because he's about to cast a spell on you. I think all three of us can try and help you. Percep. Uh, sorry, not perception. I'm so used to calling for that. Persuasion, please. That's a 13. That is enough to stop him from uh, casting the spell on you, but not enough to make him want to talk to the three of you together for the moment. So he, uh, you can see him starting to, like, you can feel, rather, him starting to gather his will about him again, uh, and the, the charge in the air, in the sort of hot air up here on this level, begins to thicken, and then it sort of, as you say that, it tenses for a moment and then disperses uh and the energy sort of dissipates but you uh, you can see he's still in a pretty pretty terrible pissy mood about it uh and he just without saying a word uh he just sort of waves at your guards uh and waves them off and you begin to get taken back once again i think as i get dragged off mm-hmm. uh he's gonna say i don't think either of us individual uh any of us individually know the solution to your issue, but I think the four of us together could come up with a solution. Just trying one more time. He just responds, well, we shall see, won't we? I guess we will. We will crossfade back to Bizdira, who is now free of the wall, but still in manacles and all by herself down in this tomb. What you doing, dear? Trying to break down my door. Oh, God <laughs> in heaven. All right. Um, Shocker. How? how I was before with my Radiant Sunvolt. Okay. And probably belt of kicking it at the lock. Make me 
Make me a series of athletics checks. And yes. So just make me athletics checks. I'll tell you when to stop. 20. Great. 6. <laughs> Great. 12. Okay. I'm using a different die now. Great. <laughs> 14. Okay. 15. Okay, that's good right there for right now. All right, so you are definitely, especially that first one, you're definitely making progress on the door. It is wiggling in a way that it wasn't before, uh, but you haven't been able to, uh, you aren't able to totally get through it quite Mm -hmm. yet. If there's anything that you can think of to different that you could do to speed this along, I will hear that and possibly give you advantage on some of the next set. Otherwise, I'm going to have to make have you make one more set before the guards uh, make it back down into your cell or into your so, into the tomb. So the only thing that I can think of differently would be either using a key point to use flurry of blows, okay, or using my radiant consumption. But I feel like I don't necessarily want to use that because it's it's still radiant damage. Like the All right, radiant so temple. for each key point that you use. You can so you're going to make five more of those checks, okay. um, and you need to succeed on the DC that I have for the door on three of them. Okay. For each key point that you use, you can make one of those throws with advantage. Okay, I'm only going to use one because I have two more. Okay, key points left, so I use All right. one. All right. And we'll just say that when you use that key, you're really focusing in like like a like a karate master trying to like breaking yeah. the board with the hand, right? Like really focusing in on that one little point. So both of those rolls are really good, but that's a twenty-one. Okay, great. Next one. Twelve. Okay. It's nine. Okay. Nineteen. Okay, this is intense. It's two and two. <laughs> Nine. Okay. So uh, it's loose. You just can't get it all the way open. And you're beating the hell out of it. Uh, and a couple of guards walk in. And and <laughs> I think just because it's good, fun storytelling, one of them is that same guy. Uh-huh. And he's just like, bloody hell. And uh, she except just in the language that you don't speak. smirks at him again. <laughs> did, wait, did he hear me, like, beating at the door? Uh, that's a good question. Let's find out. He did not. I mean, he sees, he can see that it's, like, a little loose on its stand when he walks in, but he didn't hear you actually beating on it, no. Okay, well, then she's just gonna, like, stand back and just smirk at him more and just follow him with her eyes. All right. The other, he's starting to get a little nervous, uh, but the other one sort of gestures like like they've all done before for you to back up against the back wall of the cell while they open the door. And she will. All right. They'll open the door, gesture you forward, and take you upstairs. Are you resisting at any point? No. You're the one that I'm most nervous about asking that question to. She wants to, but no. She okay. Won't. All right. So, Kit, you are you were taken back to the barracks room, that sort of break room or whatever where the guards were, and they actually kept you in there uh, for the moment. They didn't take you all the way back downstairs. They just sort of sat you on, on a chair from one of the desks in sort of the corner of the room, and they're keeping you very closely guarded, but you're just sitting there. Flick, you were actually taken to the other side of that chamber where the staircases were. There was sort of a small door on the other side of that chamber, on the other side of the the staircases, that leads to, uh, honestly, like a glorified storage closet almost. It's, it's not super cramped. It's big enough that the two guards and you fit in there and have plenty of space left over. But they take you in there uh, and sort of keep you in there under close guard. Sexy. Okay. <laughs> All right. I regret everything. Um, I bet you do. <laughs> uh, so, Bizdira, when you're marched upstairs, you can see, you do see Kit 
hanging out in the guard barracks as you pass by. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in Celestial, don't piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> and this time they're sort of ready for you to say something, so they, they yank you after you, you get that much out, but they don't, they don't know what you're saying because it's in Celestial, so they don't know if you're going to try and say the same string of things again, so they sort of shut you up after that. But. She'll respond and say, I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right, and they march you down that hall, out into that balcony, and, and at this point, make me an insight check. Bizdira. Ooh, Natty 20. Yeah, the the mage ascendant who you identify immediately, if nothing else, by the amulet uh, with the shimmer scale shaped pendant on it, is nearly apoplectic with frustration and, and anger. Uh, and he's up there on that balcony. The guards force you to your knees, and you also feel this overwhelming Wait, presence. Make me a um, wisdom saving throw. Before oh, they force me to my knees, that. can I just, uh-huh. like, get down and say, my liege? Uh, sure. You're still going to make that wisdom saving throw, though. That's fine. But yes, absolutely you can. And they both, actually, I think one of them, like, is going to shove you, and you go down, and he, like, overbalances because he thought he was going to have to push on you, and, like, topples to the ground, and then gets himself up and, like, brushes his pants off and looks embarrassed. I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> she stifles a laugh as she, as he falls over. Uh, that's right. a 18. Okay, the 18 is enough. So you uh, also feel... That pressure, that personality, that charm, uh, but you are not compelled by it. And so you say, my liege, and he says, finally, one of you who respects the station. (laughs) I say, well, how how could I not? (laughs) Your power is overwhelming. You know what? I like this. Make me a persuasion check with advantage. (laughs) Of all people. Suddenly, Bizdira comes out with being the diplomatic one. Uh, that's a 12. <laughs> uh, okay, so he likes it. It's not, uh, it doesn't quite charm him, if you'll excuse the turn of phrase. Uh, but he definitely uh, is, is inclined to like you a bit more at this point. So he says, um, he, he nods, uh, and he says, good that you recognize that. Now tell me, what do you know of why, and he picks up the two artifacts again, I might be having trouble accessing the power of these magnificent artifacts. Um, she, she's going to, um, kind of hold up a finger and, and say, may I stand your majesty? Uh, <laughs> he looks a little put out, but he nods. So she's going to stand up and she's just going to kind of keep her hands in front of her in like a mm-hmm. submissive way and kind of look at the shimmer scale and look at the fire shield and then look <laughs> at his pendant and say, um, she's going to say, well, I... I can only assume that you have control over the pendant that you wear so beautifully, might I add. It really brings out your eyes. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. The problem that I feel might be, be, I I don't know a lot about these um, artifacts. I am but a humble monk. Um, My only thought is that you may not be able to control more than one at a time. Um, that's interesting. Make, oh gosh. No, I don't think you have to make any sort of check. He he thinks about it for a second and he sort of slowly nods and seems to be sort of thinking that through. And he says, he just bare, well, no, I guess he would say it in his other language. So you wouldn't understand. But he, he sort of mutters something to himself in that strange sibilant language of his. And uh, he says... Yes, 
I suppose that makes a certain amount of sense. Tell me, have you accessed the powers of either of these items? Um, she's gonna put her head down and say, alas, I am, I am but a humble religious servant, and while I have some magic of my own, I choose to keep my magic personal. Um, magical artifacts do not necessarily call to me. He nods and says, I think, my dear, that will serve you well. Come, stand by me. Make me a wisdom staving throw, please. With advantage? Absolutely not. (laughs) That's a seven. And so you begin walking up the stairs, calmly and docilely. You take your place at the side of the mage ascendant, and you remain there, sort of head downcast. He looks to you. He smiles and nods and gestures for the guards to go retrieve your two companions and bring them to the chamber, where, when they come in, they see Bizdira standing at the side of the Mage Ascendant on the balcony, head downcast. (laughs) The Mage Ascendant smiles and says, We have work to do. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week. Somebody slap me, please. That was a twist (laughs) ending. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out how well Bizdira does uh, in a servile position. If you enjoy, yeah, real well, I'm sure. If you enjoyed your listening experience, it would be wild if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcasts from. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better our placement on those sites, and the better our placement, the more people will get to listen. The review doesn't have to be long, and the ten seconds it'll take you to leave it really do help us out a ton. So if you haven't already, or if you know someone who listens to the show but hasn't left a review, open up your podcast app, hell, open up their podcast app, and leave that rating for us. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. We'd love to have you follow us and let us know what you think of the show. Of course, you can also get at us by emailing us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page. Our generous patrons support us by pledging a monthly sum, sometimes as little as $1 a month. In exchange, they get to be part of an inner circle of fans who get access to all sorts of cool benefits and perks, like bonus content, early access to certain episodes every month, character sheets, and more. Check out everything that you can get your hands on at patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Right now, we want to thank some of our awesome patrons, Thank you so much to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Los Vargases and Sabria Alston. And since it's the end of the month, we also want to shout out to our Shimmerscale council members, Ellie, Nat Rose, Tony Aelis, and The Geekery. If you want to get shoutouts on the show, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron. We do, of course, also still have our website with character and player bios, fan art, and other cool stuff. That web address is www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupp, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bizdira, Kit, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. Chains. My baby's got (laughs) me locked up in chains. (laughs) Chains.
<laughs> my baby's oh, got me locked oh, up in chains. 